2: What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast, the 466th edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast, if you're counting. Uh, My name is Jacob Morley. I'll be your host today. You can find me on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. My usual co-host, Ross Uglum, was not able to join me tonight. He's got some other functions he's attending to this evening as we record, uh, so we'll miss him. Uh, But we do have some news about uh, Ross and myself and the rest of the Packer Report team um, over at PackerReport.com. Some big news to drop today. Massive news. Big news. Speaking of big, this guy was a defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers throughout the 90s. Number 93, Gilbert Brown. If you have been a fan of the Packers for some time, then you know exactly who I'm talking about. Some awesome news today. Uh, Ross is actually going to be on with him, I believe, on a weekly basis, starting at some point this week. Um, So Gilbert Brown is going to be on a podcast with Ross uh, through PackerReport.com. I can't say it uh, enough, if you have not gone over to PackerReport.com and gotten yourself signed up, do that now, uh, especially now. Gilbert Brown is uh, a local favorite, a fan favorite, uh, a Packers legend, I believe he's, in fact, he's in the Packers Hall of Fame, so this is going to be a really, really cool deal. Uh, So make sure if you have not gotten over to PackerReport.com and gotten yourself subscribed, do that. I believe it is $1 for the first month right now or something, something silly like that. Ross has always got some, some type of awesome deal going on. So, um, I'm sure that's not any different right now. So get yourself over there and get yourself signed up if you have not done that as of yet. Um, but if you're listening, uh, and you recognize my voice, it is me again. I was on last, uh, well, last night, uh, Andy and I recorded it. That was, uh, that was uploaded today that you guys would have heard about that and Andy and I you know talked about the game against the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday which obviously was not the not the result we were looking for as uh, fans of our Green Bay Packers and you know as the dust has settled you know I really gave my thoughts and opinions on the game yesterday and they really haven't changed you know sometimes over the course of 24 48 hours your opinions will change on things like that and for the packers and for this weekend it's it's pretty much the same thing for me the it's it's a it's a burn the tape and move on type game absolutely 100% you know a lot of people i think i saw someone say say that on twitter today and some of the well, actually crowd had to chime in and say, you know, well, actually, you don't want to burn that tape because you want to study it and get better. Of course, that's it's just a phrase. They are going to watch that tape extensively and do some self-scouting extensively to make sure that they do not make the same mistakes again, of course. Um, so that, uh, you know, we'll see what is what comes of that. Uh, and we'll see on you know, this next week. We talked about it yesterday on the pod. This is a big week for Matt LaFleur and his guys. How are they going to get this team ready to play? And they got a really tough stretch coming up here. They got the Carolina Panthers, who are no joke. We'll talk about them in a second. A bye week, which will be much needed. And then the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, and then, by the way, you have you know your murder row of NFC North opponents to finish out the season. Those are going to be three just massively huge games to finish out the season. And the thing that's fun about it is exactly that. We are fans of a team. This should be fun to watch this team kind of work its way through the rest of this schedule. So, you know, some news to report today. The the quarterback, the head coach, and a lot of guys were on the podium today. And not, not a lot of new news, especially on the injury front. It, it seems like they... Uh, really did make it out of that game pretty much unscathed. They are not dealing with any major injuries. Uh, Kevin King confirmed that whatever he was dealing with yesterday, he did not re-aggravate. So that's positive news. That is really positive news. Um, That's good stuff to hear. Uh, As far as Matt LaFleur, we'll talk about him and what he said in a second. Um, But what also, what's really interesting as well, is coming out of these the the day after the game is kind of looking at what Pro Football Focus has put out with their their stuff, and I think it's and if you follow me on Twitter, you'll you might think that I'm uh, very much a Pro Football Focus fanboy, and I do, I really do. I like stats, I like grades, I like all that stuff. Uh, great, but their grades can be a little bit weird at times. I I will say that. I don't always understand where they're coming from or where they got that grade. What I really value from Pro Football Focus is the, their stats that they'll put up, and I think they do a really good job um, tracking, you know, routes receivers run. They do they do a good job of tracking, you know, how many pressures X, you know, player X gave up, or how many pressures player X, you know, put on the opposing team. So a couple of things that I really found interesting from the game yesterday. Number one, uh, the chargers, anybody that watched that game pretty much understands that Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram wrecked that game. They did. They, they had their way with David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga. Um, No two ways about it. And I talked about this earlier on Twitter, but just kind of saying, you know, the Packers are going to go into pretty much any game and say, we think our two bookend tackles can block whoever you throw at us. And I would say 90% of the time, they're right. They they can. Um, but every once in a while, they'll run into a team like this that, you know, Bosa and Ingram were brought their A game yesterday. No two ways about it. And they just, they were a handful. They were too much for the Packers to handle. And that can almost be detrimental to the Green Bay Packers, um, as opposed to another team with, you know, average tackle play, to be frank. Because... If you have average tackle play, you're going to give those guys more help. You're going to have more of a plan for Bosa and Ingram. The The Packers' plan yesterday was to block Bosa and Ingram with Bulaga and Bakhtiari. Uh, that plan did not work. They could not get into their game plan. Uh, Matt LaFleur even said that in his press conference. He didn't get into his game plan. He was not patient enough with his game plan. And that's kind of just the way it rolled downhill. And so I, it would be interesting. I still think this Packers team beats this Chargers team seven to eight times out of ten. Uh, the Chargers just kind of, you know, you got to give them credit. They they played a really good game. Uh, backs against the wall. They have a lot of talent on that team. They came out and they showed it. Uh, but it is interesting and it would be interesting to see if the Packers played them again, what they would do differently. And that might be something you would see it is Bulaga and are getting a little bit more help. But what I found interesting, and this is from pro football focus is pressure stats. So the chargers, Bosa and Ingram as a team, they, they contributed 11 pressures and three sacks yesterday. Just the two of those guys. That's, that's a lot. That's th- those are good numbers for two, for a bookend uh, edge rushers, the rest of the team. So everyone else, not even just edge rushers, everyone, <laughs> combined for three pressures and zero sacks. Uh, Pretty stark difference there that the Bosa and the Ingram, or yeah, those two guys, produced that much pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're talking about Rodgers didn't even throw the ball, I think, more than 30 times. Maybe he ended up with it. But you're talking about a third, really. uh, Let me look that up as I'm talking here to you because as this thought's coming to my mind, um, you're probably looking at what I'm saying though, is a third of Aaron Rodgers dropbacks had one of those two guys in his lap, you know, so he either had Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram right in his face. And as I'm pulling that up right now, I can tell you that, yeah, Aaron, well, it's okay, So Aaron Rodgers dropped back 35 times yesterday. So 11 pressures. Yeah, that's about, that's still about a third of the time those two guys, are in his face, as opposed to the three other times that he would have had pressure from anyone else. Another really interesting thing that uh, stuck out to me is when you look at Devontae Adams. Obviously, he was back yesterday. Um, you look at his receptions by direction, is what they call it on Pro Football Focus, and that is basically just charting where he where he caught passes. Was he outside left between the numbers or outside right? Very basic. You look at his numbers throughout the year, and he's all over the place. He's deep left, uh, you know, short right, uh, middle, middle of the field, middle. You know, so he's he's a guy that the Packers do not just play in one spot. They play him out wide. They play him the X, the Y, the Z. They'll play him anywhere. And so, what's really interesting is it's a right toe injury. So if you are looking at where he his receptions by direction were yesterday everything was to the left everything he was he was targeted six times um, short left he was four for six 28 yards uh, he was targeted once outside left deep he was between the numbers on the left side three times it was two for three um, and then behind the line of the scrimmage but you look at that and say they're still they're protecting him his when you think about, you know, a lot of the routes he ran yesterday were in-breaking routes. So then you think your outside foot, of course, is that left foot uh, that he probably feels a lot more comfortable with right now, just being able to plant and drive off that foot. Um, so that's really interesting to me, just that he was able um, to get out there first and and be able to contribute to the team, but he was limited. Um, so that's interesting. And that will be interesting to kind of monitor as they move forward. Uh, moving ahead, another thing that I think is really interesting now is they have the Carolina Panthers coming to town. It's <laughs> they, they're, a, they're. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they're a great matchup against the Packers. Which you look at, what scares me and what should scare anybody that is rooting for the guys in green and gold is Christian McCaffrey it is just unbelievable right now. They run the ball. As well as anybody in the league is right now, and it's not just McCaffrey. That whole offensive front is just blocking their tails off. Uh, McCaffrey's running free. He's he's a threat in the pass game. He's a threat to just turn around and hand the ball off to. What are the Packers going to be able to do with him? <laughs> they're going to hope they're they're going to have to hope that Kyle Allen gives them some chances. Uh, every usually, you know, like for example. If you're playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes, which the Packers lucked out and didn't have to play him two weeks ago, uh, anytime he that man hands the ball off, you consider it a victory. It's it's a victory for your defense that he's not throwing. Now, the Carolina Panthers are 100% opposite. Anytime Kyle Allen drops back to throw the ball, should be counted as a victory next week um, because that's going to be your best chance to steal possessions, to uh to 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 get the ball back into Aaron Rodgers' hands. Because you look at this Panthers defense, and they're they're built very similarly to the Green Bay Packers defense in the sense they can get after the quarterback. Okay, so they don't have they don't have a Bosa and an Ingram, but Brian Burns has looked really good. Mario Addison has looked really good and they've got other guys that can get after the quarterback too. They they hit you more with a variety, a variety of guys that can hit you. They don't just have their two bona fide studs, but in, in in any case, they can get after the quarterback. They take the ball away at a very high, you know, high rate. I think they have 15 interceptions as a defense. Uh, that's really good. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw turn the ball over much, but uh, this is a ball hawking secondary. So what they do well is sack quarterback, take the ball away. Sound familiar? That's exactly what the Packers do. Um, that's what they're good at. So what's interesting about that, though, is the Panthers have actually given up. They haven't given up more yards rushing than the Packers, but they would if they had the same amount of carry of, of attempts. The Panthers are giving up 5.1 yards per carry at the moment. So they are a team that they can, you can run on them. And so if you look at this game and say, well, the two things that both these offenses should be able to do is run the ball. Uh, the Panthers have run the ball, obviously much more successfully than the Packers have. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is is a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, he won't win it because he's not, he's not a quarterback. But if the award were for most valuable player that does not take snaps uh, as a quarterback, Christian McCaffrey would be your, uh, clear-cut guy right now and and rightfully so he's played his tail off uh but the they've just they've done it so much better than the packers the packers have not run the ball consistently this year aaron jones and jamal williams have been an absolute revelation but they a lot of times have done it as uh receivers out of the backfield um luke keckley is no joke as an inside linebacker uh if you listen to Locked On Pack, Locked On Packers, Peter Bukowski and I talked about this last week. You want to, you want a guy that can cover running backs out of the backfield uh, at, from the linebacker position. There's about six of them, four, six guys maybe in the NFL. That list is headlined by Luke keekley That guy, he is one of the best inside linebackers in the game. He can absolutely uh, do everything on the field. He's a stud. OK, so that's going to be a struggle is to get Jamal Williams and Aaron, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. OK, so you look at it and say, well, this does kind of make sense. Then that Devontae was back this last week, even if he wasn't 100 percent healthy, because now you're going into a game where you're going to need him. You're going to need Devontae Adams to be your stud on the outside. Uh, Aaron Jones might get taken away in this game. Jamal Williams might get taken away in this game. But. Uh, but now having to take away all three of those guys is a tall order for any defense, uh, especially if they can, they can protect Rogers. Uh So that'll be a really interesting matchup coming forward. I'm really looking forward to, you know, write my preview article about this just because I think these two teams are kind of similar in a lot of ways. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting one. Um, obviously it's going to be a little bit chillier in green Bay. The Panthers coming from Carolina, uh, that might be a factor. You know, that's that's not something they've had to deal with as much this season. Um, and the last thing I want to touch on before um, I get you out of here on kind of a quicker episode was talking about Matt LaFleur's press conference today. I I had said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. I am a really big fan of Matt LaFleur and a lot of reasons I'm a fan of his is I love the way he takes ownership. Uh, and I love how sincere he seems about taking ownership. It is not just lip service when he's talking about needing to coach better, uh, needing to coach better, needing to have his guys more prepped, needing his players to play better, all that. All that is true, too. Um, I love that he's looking at – and it seems it seems interesting. It seems like something got messed up with this West Coast trip, and they're looking at trying to fix it for the future. You know, It, it seems like kind of silly because you look at these guys and say, well, they're professionals. They're there. There's a field. There's another team. Just go out and play, and sure, like I, I'll hear that argument. But they're also humans, you know, and and we love we love our schedules and we love our routines. And if you get off that schedule or that routine, you, you can be off. You can look like a team that's going through the motions out there. Um, but one thing that's really popular right now, and if you follow me, you know that I I am a teacher uh, when I'm not doing podcasts and I'm not writing about the Packers. And one one really big buzzword. Uh, right now, in education, is growth mindset, and you look at the way Matt Lafleur is approaching everything he's doing, and you look at growth mindset and say, "I think he's kind of... I think he's he would even admit to the fact that this is something that he wants to do." and And the way this kind of breaks down is it's growth mindset versus fixed mindset, and basically the two easiest ways to explain this are uh, fixed mindset would say, you know, after A game like that last week against the Chargers, fixed mindset would say, you know, failure basically is the limit of my abilities. If I fail, um, that's just the way it is. That's the way it's always been. Um, You know, when things get hard, I stop because why would I keep going if I continue to do it this way and always it'll get the same results? Um, So it's basically kind of like I stick to what I know. Um, Now, a growth mindset, which is what I believe Matt LaFleur is, you know, preaching really from the podium is failure is an opportunity to grow. And you look at this guy and looking at ways that he wants to get better and looking at his mistakes and how he can learn from them and how he can get his team better from them. Um, Another mindset or growth mindset type saying is, you know, challenges help me grow. Okay. So he's looking at it and saying, Hey, this was tough. This was a bad week, um, but we're going to come back and we're going to get uh, we're going to get better. Feedback is can be constructive. Um, and I think what's interesting about that too is, you know, Aaron Rodgers came out and said yesterday that something within the last 48 hours of their trip just seemed off or, and he didn't really elaborate on it. Um, and I think LaFleur is looking at that and looking at his team leader and saying, Hey, if that's what you think, and if that's what you're saying, well then let's look at it. Let's look at it and try to figure out what went wrong and how we can make it better in the future. He's not getting offended by his leader, um, not calling him out but just saying something was off you know this this we can do better here and he he's not so set in his ways he's not so set in his ways that he's not gonna try to fix that um so that's what I think we're seeing right now from a young NFL head coach and we'll see how it pans out um when I think whenever someone is willing to make changes uh, that usually That usually is a good thing. You have to be flexible in the NFL these days. You can't come in with a mindset that says, we're going to do it this way, this way, and this way, and it's going to work or we're going to sink. And that's kind of what we got with Mike McCarthy the last couple of years. You know, a very successful NFL head coach, um, someone I have a ton of respect for that did a ton of great things for Green Bay. But I think anyone that watched this team realized his last few years, it was kind of, you know, that fixed mindset approach where, uh, he didn't like to be challenged. He didn't want to hear new ideas. It was basically his way or the highway. It's It had worked for him in the past, so why it's it's going to work this, you know, again and again and again. Um, so that's just not really the way the NFL works. The NFL is a constantly evolving league. So something to keep in mind um, that, you know, Matt LaFleur is, doesn't seem to be that way. And that would kind of make sense when you think about the Packers and what they're wanting to do if they're going to go out and hire a new coach. Do we want someone that's got the same mindset? It, it would appear they went the opposite with that. Um, so that's all I got for you guys for today. I um, Actually, went a little bit longer than I thought I would, but uh, you know, th- I'm sure you, we're going to get some great episodes coming up here, kind of breaking down the Carolina Panthers game and and what really has turned into a pretty big game for these Green Bay Packers. Um, and an, uh, you know, another thing, keep your eyes peeled if you're if you're not following. Uh, the Packer Report Twitter handle. Make sure you're doing that. You can, uh, you'll you'll stay up to date on everybody's articles and everything that's being written. And then also, you know, make sure you go over there and get subscribed so you can get you know be one of the first people in on this Gilbert Brown podcast. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. The Grave Digger uh, is gonna be back in y'all's lives. So uh, make sure you get get a hold of that. Get get signed up for that. Um, again, my name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And until next time, go pack, go. First and ten from the 17 to San Francisco. Give Jones around the right hand. gets a block, makes
0: the turn ten to the five to the outside. Second and two, six yard line to Minnesota, tied at seven apiece. Graham tight end right side of the line, three receivers punch in the left. Rogers under center. It's motion to the right, here's the pitch, Jones around the left hand, he's got Bakhtiari blocking in front, Jones makes the turn of the pull off to the end zone, for the touchdown. Second and short, Get Jones, big hole. right South 20, 15-10, to the go. end zone, touchdown! Takes the snap,
3: delay, hands it off, Jones up the middle with the burst, there he, there he is! 25 Twenty. 15-10! 3 yards, touchdown burst to match the number on the
0: jersey of Aaron Jones. Oh, my goodness, what a play. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in shotgun. Hand off Jones, picks his way off the right side, fights for the goal line, and... Did he get in? Yes he did! Touchdown! Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, he ducks in under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here is the handoff
3: off the Big Van Paul, straight ahead, here's Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 12, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds! Inside the ten of the five-yard line of Miami, Aaron Jones with a first 67 yards.